0: Excuse me. Pleasant.
1: That'll be the last of those.
0: Ready? Yeah. Oh, good evening ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bath film hatin' while I skating all the while masturbatin' that's Mo Porn, yeah! And with me as always is the one and only Doug Tilly. Bow. He's Doug Bow. Tilly, Bow. Bow. number one super guy.
1: Yes, Mo, we're back. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a little bit of a break here at No Budget Nightmares. Uh, and uh, and a lot has happened between the last time we recorded. Yeah, you're a so, woman now. Sorry? I said you're a woman now. That, I, mean, I am. That you... I've finally gone through my chain. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. And you can tell by my high-pitched voice that I'm uh, really embracing it. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that at all. Uh, we are. I am the liberal portion of this uh, podcast while mo is of course the conservative part oh yeah uh, staunch <laughs> uh so yeah there's been a little bit of a break lots has happened in between uh the last uh episode and i do apologize a lot of that was my fault we were just uh going through some uh some issues uh, both technological and not but we're back now so who cares about all that
0: we had some minor you know change of life situations and uh
1: life changing life altering mind altering but we're here but you know what I say to that? What? Ah, oh, shut up. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh Mo. Yes. Uh what film are we covering this week on No
0: Budget Nightmares? I am so excited. Mm. Uh you can tell by how, you know, animated my voice is tonight. Uh, tonight we are covering that could be morning, you know, when, whenever, whenever you listen to this. But for us, it's tonight. We are covering the Todd Sheets uh, classic is an appropriate word, I suppose. I use that word, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Zombie Rampage.
1: Zombie Rampage. I think this might be uh, uh, not only our third Todd Sheets movie covered here on uh, Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares, mm-hmm. but also this is Todd Sheets' first movie. First and
0: arguably best.
1: Uh, I wouldn't argue that point because this this movie, uh, I, you know, I, we're jumping, I'm jumping well ahead here, but it is so much better than the other Todd Sheets movies I've seen. Yeah. Uh, so much so that it's actually, uh, it, it, it's confusing why it's so much better. Uh, now, we, we love Todd Sheets. We've talked at length uh, about his uh, his influence on low-budget filmmakers. Sure. Todd Jason Falcon Cook, who's <laughs> obviously uh, was someone who has benefited from his relationship.
0: I love with, every time you say his
1: name. <laughs> with Todd Sheets. And I've seen movies uh, produced by Todd Sheets, which are, are uh, excellent, or excellent on that scale that we use. Yeah. Um, Our but, sliding scale. <laughs> but the films that we've covered, Nightmare Asylum... And sorority babes in the danceathon of death are two very poor films.
0: Uh, yeah, you've come around on the nightmare asylum. <laughs> I, you know, I still kind of like nightmare asylum, but I mean, yeah, no, I was—I'm definitely on board with uh, sorority babes. Yeah, so
1: so, I mean, those films came about three years or so after this one, uh, two or three years. But they're representative of the quality of the other movies that I've seen by him. Uh, speaking those other films, mm. so going into Zombie Rampage the first time I saw it, um, I was expecting it to be actually of lesser quality.
0: Well, you would think that because it's his first movie. A lot of the times, you know, especially with this with this sort of low budget stuff that we tend to cover, the the first movie, you know, tends to be uh, not, not being too mean, but a pile of shit. Well, I mean,
1: we're watching people who are developing their skills as filmmakers. So it makes sense that uh, it would be shaky and and there'd be a lot of things that would theoretically be improved upon with experience. Mm -hmm. But there's actually some significant regression that occurs between (laughs) this and certainly Nightmare Asylum. Um, And and that goes not just to the quality of the writing, of which there is writing in this case, which Nightmare Asylum seemed to be at least partially uh, improvised. Uh, if not most But also down to production values, which is really confusing that this would have higher production values and really higher quality acting than sure. those other films.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: What is Zombie Rampage about?
0: Well, well, it's about zombies rampaging.
1: Now, in the late 80s, this is from 1989, <laughs> there weren't a lot of, uh, comparatively, a lot of super low-budget zombie movies. Uh, this no. This would have came out uh, the year before the Tom Savini remake of Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it would have been around the same time, uh, a little bit after, I guess, The, the Dead Next Door. Yeah. Um, I mean, zombie movies never really went away. But in terms of, like, everyone and their grandmother doing a zombie film, a really low-budget one like you get now, I mean, it was comparatively rare at the time. So, uh, you know, I give him a, at well, time, back... pro- immediate props for that. Yeah,
0: but and also because back then, I mean, at least in the, the late 80s, it was a lot harder... To make a movie. Of course. You know, I mean, obviously as it becomes easier and easier to make films, you know, it, it be, it, a lot of people, it seems to me that a lot of people tend to have this same original quote-unquote thought and say, oh, let's make a zombie film. Sure. And, and it
1: still happens all the time. In yeah. fact. I, I have, I have a, like half a dozen screeners right now, and they're all zombie films. They're all super low-budget movies. Mm. And, that's, I mean, it's not really a bad thing. At the end of the day, uh, despite the sort of uh, – despite the fact that we're kind of neck deep in the zombie genre, yeah. there's a part of me that will always enjoy it, even if it just comes down to that base level of, oh, this guy got a bunch of his friends together and now they're shuffling around and they're pretending to attack him. And sure. I mean, you know, I can still enjoy it on its most base level, but – Uh, It's still really, really rare to get anything new out of it. And with that in mind, Zombie Rampage does not bring anything new to the zombie (laughs) table.
0: Uh, No. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, I'm a liar. Fuck me. The the, the one new thing that that I saw in Zombie Rampage that I've never seen in another zombie movie ever, Mm -hmm. a zombie wearing Zubaz. That's a good point.
1: Man, you know what? In these low-budget movies we've covered... Zubaz is very popular.
0: Very popular. I mean, I mean even, even in, even in the, the... Yeah, even through the 90s, even... I think we've even seen Zubaz in some more... In, in some of the more modern ones, too. It just seems like Zubaz are all over the place. Yeah. It's very
1: popular. I love it. <laughs> you know, with people who have no money, apparently. I guess so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm one of those people, obviously. Um, and not who are... I'm not wearing them right now. But maybe I, later. Who knows? I, I wore them until I was 12. I've... And how old are you now, Mo?
0: 33.
1: <laughs> old. <laughs> um, <I'm> old man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm running up on 32, so I'm I'm just a little kid in comparison. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's what are we doing, wasting our lives watching these terrible movies, Mo? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> that seems to be the eternal question that we ask ourselves very regularly.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I love... Movies, and I love low-budget movies. If I keep saying it, I will actually start to believe it. Uh, but I, let's talk about Todd Sheets' Zombie Rampage. Sure. Let's talk about what's the, the opening screen, the warning screen that you get when you first turn on this movie.
0: I, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what it says specifically. I didn't write it down. I'm assuming. No. You, I'm assuming you did. <laughs> But uh, but basically it, it goes on – well, I mean, first we get a screen, uh, and this may just be because it's the Bloody Nightmare set, but it's, it tells us, oh, this is the director's cut. It's the director's cut. So this With, is
1: the re-edit that Todd Sheets did of Zombie Rampage for fans of the original cut.
0: Yeah, and I mean – and the, the crazy thing is that – I mean, like, I don't know which version I own, but I can't tell the difference. Hmm. You know, I mean like I own a copy on VHS. I don't know um I don't know if that's a recut, if that's an original cut. I don't know. Now, Mo, you're a man of the you're a man of the world. We all know that. That's true. I am one of the
1: on the IMDB, Todd Sheets is credited as also directing a zombie rampage two, even though there's almost there doesn't seem to be any sign of this movie actually existing out there. Really? However, it makes sense that there would be a Zombie Rampage 2 mm. because this movie ends as confusingly as any movie I've ever seen end ends.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, I mean that I mean we are definitely jumping ahead of ourselves here, but yeah. you're but you're a hundred percent right. The ending of this film makes no sense. Um uh, but is all the more fun. It that, is.
1: Right? It's actually it, it makes it more I, I remember the first time I watched this, I remember at the very ending I was like i was just kind of had to slap my knee and i was like oh Todd cheats you've done it again <laughs> you, you've certainly skirted my expectations of something
0: making sense yeah i i mean well look any movie that ends with you know with a guy in like baseball fury paint um <laughs> you know and followed up making weird like come hither hand gestures um and then and then followed up by a zombie gnawing on a leg bone in the most disgusting fashion i've ever seen um which i think that's actually Todd Sheets doing that cuz i think he mm-hmm. lists himself as the closing zombie um it it's it and then it just ends like we really no... are getting ahead of ourselves. That's my fault. No, no, but, it's okay. It's just, no, I mean, I, no, it makes sense that we would talk about that first because it's so goddamn confusing. It really is so strange. But the reason
1: I brought it up is just because I hate to uh, to mislead anyone who's listening uh, about Zombie Rampage, and then we're going to get to the point where we talk about the ending and how it makes no fucking sense and without the, the, the possibility that there's a Zombie Rampage 2 which clues up the story. I am going to believe in my heart and hearths <laughs> that, uh, that there is a zombie rampage, too, and it completes the story of what we're seeing here because the fact that this is a re-edit and still makes so little sense at the end uh, is, is a little worrisome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the strange thing about it... Anyway, I will get to, w- to why it's strange, but we're still on the opening title, uh, not even the title of the movie, uh, but the, there's a screen saying that this is, as a, is a director's cut, and then there's a, a warning screen. And this warning screen is notable because it says viewer discretion is advised, as many warning screens do. However, the word discretion is spelled wrong, uh, which is a quality control issue.
0: Yeah.
1: Are you using the bathroom, Mo, during the podcast?
0: I'm sorry. I just saw a spider, and I'm trying to kill it because it's terrifying me. Is it a brown recluse? You know, yeah, it is. That's why I'm
1: killing it. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> my, my podcast co-host is going to die on air of a spider bite.
0: No, that fucker's dead.
1: I killed it. Uh, again, as the liberal half of this uh, hosting uh, pair, I'm upset that you decided to murder. And he didn't even do anything to you. He didn't even come towards you. Yeah, he was. He totally was. And now it's going to rain, as is the way that spider death works. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, Mo killed a spider. Todd Sheets can't spell the word discretion.
0: That's true. You know, and, the, and you know what's really sad? Apparently, I can't either because I didn't notice that. Are you fucking kidding me, Mo? My bad. I think I put it up on our uh, No you, Yeah, you totally did. Someplace. And you said, I see something wrong here. But I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> I'm not a stickler. I mean, I
1: am. I'm a fucking stickler because I went to school for English Lit. So, of course, yeah, I'm going to notice it. But you'll
0: notice if you're watching this and you're not Mo. You'll notice that discretion. Yeah, everybody is else will notice. My spelling is so bad sometimes that uh, I mean, yeah, and discretion is definitely one of those words that I never seem to get right. Well I just I just say thank you, autocorrect. <laughs> so, plot of the movie. It's 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 it's
1: weird. It's a weird movie. <laughs> uh, it's about it starts out with a sort of gang confrontation, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of the gangs. Is led by uh, Rocco, who's played by Todd Sheets. Yeah, I like Rocco. Yeah, and you can always tell it's Todd Sheets because he always looks like Dave Mustaine, uh, and he he always looks like like a heavy metal guy. And he, I mean, he just looks like Todd Sheets. That's how I see it. No, you're right. And uh, he's got a very distinctive voice as well. So much yeah. so that when his band Anokin uh, Key, who does the soundtrack here, uh, whenever they come on, you can always tell it's him singing. <laughs> But the notable thing here is that the other gang, and in really this is the central, uh, at least the center of the plot for the first half of the movie, is led by a guy named Tommy. And yeah, Tommy,
0: and they spend they spend a lot more time dealing with Tommy's gang than they do Rocco. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact,
1: Rocco is very much a supporting player who who eventually just vanishes, yes. as some other characters do. They just vanish. Just gone. Uh, but Tommy's played by a guy named Dave Byerly, um, and. He uh, he's got like he like wears a tie and, and a suit jacket. So at first it's hard to tell that he's supposed to be some kind of tough. Yeah, he's gang almost member. he's almost like he's almost like the late '80s version of like a mod. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But but it, the actual gang is sort of like a traditional tough. I mean, very white bread, but but a tough gang, in that yeah. they're they're always beating on each other and insulting each other, and are violent criminals. Uh, but Tommy, uh, just just going back to him as a character, is the most interesting character in this movie. Without a doubt. And he's the, he also, this, this uh,
0: Dave Byerly, is by far the best actor in this movie. He has, uh, he has some amazing line deliveries. Although he does have a really nasty habit of stepping all over other people's lines.
1: But fuck everyone else. That's They're true. Terrible. That's,
0: that's <laughs> true. Everybody else sucks. And he's actually interesting to listen to so fine yeah <laughs> he lifts this movie he puts it on his back and just carries it the That's
1: entire true. time i mean i am consider myself a fan of this guy because boy i wish that that todd sheets had kept putting him in uh, his movies like he did with that matthew lewis guy who also shows up in this movie by did, the way did you
0: notice did you notice who the casting like who 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 the casting people were for this film no cuz it was todd sheets mm-hmm. uh dave Firely and uh, and the guy who plays Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the mullet kid. Yeah, the mullet kid. So it's like, okay, well, now we know how these people got their roles. <laughs> but, <laughs> so it's Todd Sheets and the two lead actors. And the two lead uh, <laughs> actors did all the casting for the for the
1: film. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the movie. Uh, the movie starts with a confrontation between Todd Sheets' gang and Tommy's gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and they have a little discussion, and uh, they do not like each other. Obviously. In fact, uh, I believe t- uh, Todd Sheets might even voice his displeasure about, um, about Tommy touching his leather jacket. Yeah, he says.
0: My hands off the leather. There you go.
1: Yeah, hands off the Hand leather. Hands off the leather. <laughs> in his, in his, his trademark
0: Todd Sheets way. <laughs> and then there's a big fight. I love the big fight. It's great. It really is great. I mean, A, because... I mean, it's actually shot pretty well. Yeah, it's Uh, chaotic
1: in a way that, you know, it's just me. It's my habit, especially watching a lot of these kind of movies, where you start looking in the background to see what people are doing. And while it's obvious that they're not beating the shit out of each other, they're all fighting in a way that they're supposed to be fighting. I mean, it's done really well. Exactly.
0: But the most (laughs) notable thing (laughs) about this (laughs) fight scene is the... um, well, we'll say ridiculous, uh but probably illegal, uh cover an Oki and key cover of Spirit in the Sky. Sounds a little something like this.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just brilliant.
1: Yeah, Norman Greenbaum is probably rolling in his grave. <laughs> I don't know. Is he dead? I have no idea.
0: You know what? Even if he's not, he's still rolling in his grave. The
1: second most notable thing about the scene is that at one point, Todd Sheets attempts to do a spin kick, uh, and and it it looks all right.
0: <laughs> Uh, how did you even say that with a straight face? <laughs> it's, it's all right. Hey, there is, uh,
1: so we're talking ridiculous. about the slidiest sliding scale possible. True, um, true. So then a, a, the police arrive and the whole thing breaks up. And, uh, oh, and the most, and you, you know, you kind of skipped over the most notable thing about this scene. Did I? Yeah, it's when uh, a Suburban Sasquatch shows up and starts attacking Todd Sheets, who does a couple of spin kicks. Yeah. And then Tommy comes in with a big chair, and that happens.
0: Come on, baby. Let's see the big knockers.
1: Now, <laughs> <laughs> that happened? <laughs> you have to remind me. That does, that didn't happen, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, the big knockers didn't happen either. Uh, on your copy of this, Mo, is there a big glitch that occurs right Huge. around this
0: point after the cops show up? Not, not just there. I mean, my copy has glitches. Basically, for the next like ten minutes of the yeah. film, yeah, it's it's a little
1: glitchy because it's all is sourced from a VHS tape, but probably you, from like a third-generation VHS tape. <laughs> what are you going to do? So Tommy is uh, pissed, and I think he uh, he promises revenge because one of his gang members get killed in the skirmish.
0: Uh, no, that's how it starts. Yeah, yeah, it starts because because um, Tommy says that. That he killed that Rocco's gang killed two of his men. Yeah, that's
1: right. So this is like this fight happened because of revenge for the deaths of his two men already. Um, Yeah, because
0: because nothing says you know like you know resolution like more killing.
1: Boy, that's a a very pacifist way of looking at things. But you're right. This is this eye for an eye way of dealing with confrontation. I mean, there's just just no need. It leaves uh,
0: the world blind. Yes. Except for the last guy who, of course, still has one eye. So
1: we get a really slow set of opening credits. Yeah. Which managed to pad out the running time a little bit, which is fine. I'm okay with that. It's
0: Uh, it's almost to be expected with these movies at this point.
1: Then we get introduced to one of the other uh, locations of the film. In fact, again, another great thing about this movie is that there are lots of locations. They're running around to different places. I mean, he's making use of what he has. Uh, And he's, you know, he's... I don't know. It just looks like so much more effort
0: was poured into this. So it's a bar. Well, you know what it was. It seems like with this film, he had a lot it seems like he had a lot of people behind him right on it um as well as a lot of locations and and you know and he seemed to have had the uh the backing of the city itself. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas it seems like in a lot of his later films you know, I, I mean, after this one didn't really do so well. Um, well, I mean, I don't know how it did, but I mean, yeah, I think you're jumping to conclusions, you know? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll just say it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a a, a a hundred plus theater run, you know, mo porn. There is
1: not only a sequel theoretically to this movie, <laughs> but there is a director's cut that exists. So I think it did pretty darn
0: well. It Well, true.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shut your mouth
0: <laughs> uh, Commence shutting up
1: <laughs> Okay, so they're in a bar And the bartender is, uh, is Dave And Dave is a young, bemulleted uh, person Man Qu- uh, Quite the mullet Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's sporting it And he's enjoying it uh, He and, plays
0: with it constantly
1: uh, Yeah And this, the, his introductory scene is interesting <laughs> Because uh, For two reasons there's lots of interesting stuff happening. One is that, uh, just like in that opening scene, there's another great piece of music mm-hmm. playing in the background. Uh, this ca- time, a cover of Cherokee People, again by Tatsuits. <laughs> I guess his gang on on the side they do music. <laughs> hey, but there's this really weird scene where this dis- decrepit old woman. Oh, yeah. See, I'm you're having a few flashbacks here. <laughs> She comes up to the bar and she's obviously uh, a drinker.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't. T- I couldn't tell if if she was trying to play the role as drunk or if it was just the actress being really wooden. Where I come from, where I come from
1: in Newfoundland, Canada, you would refer to a person who looks like that as a hard-looking skeet. Mm. And uh, and she is a hard-looking skeet. I'll tell you because uh, she is desperate for alcohol. She asks for him to pour her a drink and. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I'll when, when I'll he d- offers uh, ice, uh, this is what she says. Oh, no ice.
0: Now, I don't know if you if you heard that or not. Oh, I did. But you probably heard the Cherokee people in the background. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad I caught enough of that to be heard. But, she, but what she just said was, give it to me the way I like it, straight and hard. Mo, can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> give it to me the way I like it, straight and hard.
1: That's, that's, that was more disturbing than I really expected. <laughs> So she's a drunk, and she is trying to uh, – she doesn't have any money, yeah. but uh, she says that she could pay him in other ways. And, and she whips her out other ways titties. that she wanted to pay him, uh, she, she pulls down her top and shows her hmm, – I'm not hesitating to say the word breasts. Are you hesitating to say the word itty-bitty titties? Well, no, not even that. I think that's actually disrespectful to some of our listeners. Yeah. But her her breasts are weird-looking. <laughs> and I don't mean that in, in – I'm not being disparaging about their size and no, 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 no. shape or anything like that. They are just weird looking. I wish I could – I wish th- we had a, a way to put an image up on, on your brains right now. Yeah. But they are just odd looking, and they're odd in a way that kind of makes me uncomfortable to be talking about them right now, uh, especially because this woman might be old and dead now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's probably somebody's grandma at this point.
1: Could have been Tachi's grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Though at least he didn't get his grandmother to do a song on the soundtrack like other movies we can – Okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> um, I cut it just into the right about a chunk, you know, where you just like you want it to end, and then it ends.
1: You know, just like, uh, by the way, that's the whole scene. It's just she takes on her top, and he refuses to give her a drink, and she buzzes off because she's kind of horrible.
0: And then, and then my favorite part of that about that scene is right as they're about to cut away, somebody in the background screams, Hessian chick! <laughs> um,
1: so, just like in uh, Death Metal Zombies, there's actually a subplot in this movie involving a serial killer that's going, going around at the same time that this uh, sort of zombie problem is occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wonder if actually there was a bit of influence there, but uh, in this case, we get a scene of a prostitute, a, uh, a very voluptuous prostitute, yeah. Propositioning an unseen gentleman. Uh, yeah, he's, who uh, then he's follows unseen,
0: her. but you can tell he's creepy looking.
1: Yeah, he's cre- I mean, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> he's in a Ta Cheats movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, actually, this showing a level of skill never to be seen again in Todd Sheets' films. This scene actually, it cuts back and forth to different action. It's it's like Eisenstein. I mean, this is uh, this prostitute and this proposition that's going on back and forth. It cuts back and forth to Tommy's gang, uh, and we get a little insight into how his gang operates.
0: Yeah. Everything all right there, Mo? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact yeah, he's completely pissed off and he's yelling and, and he says this. Alright, <laughs> well hurry it up. Now that guy who's told him to keep his pants on, fatass, is <laughs> is his it within his gang, the ne- his nemesis who is a character by the name of Pusshead. Pusshead, who
1: looks sort of like Ugly Kid Joe, he or the lead like singer ugly. of Ugly yeah. Kid Joe.
0: Yeah, just call him Ugly Kid Joe. That's what everybody. Uh, that is that about
1: would him. be the easiest way, or Pusshead. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is the nemesis of Tommy in the gang. He is con- constantly sort of, kind of pushing uh, rank or breaking rank, uh, and not showing Tommy proper respect. And uh, Tommy
0: breaks who, his arm.
1: He breaks his arm. Which that's is awesome. That's how he puts him back in line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's what happens.
0: And I love the fact that he, um, I love the fact that, like, like, almost immediately after he breaks the dude's arm, like, some chick wants to, like, do him.
1: Yeah, well, I mean... And uh,
0: And he's just completely disinterested. Tommy is,
1: he's too cool.
0: He is too... For school
1: and for other stuff. (laughs) For other things. So, Tommy, who is a pretty cool dude, if you ask me, uh, he, he does come up with a rather... Fucking stupid plan <laughs> to uh, to resurrect his dead gang member, his, uh, member or members.
0: I like how he pisses off he pisses off his gang first off. Yeah, he really pisses uh, them off. Like really pisses them off because he spends their booze money on this book.
1: Yeah, and he says
0: that too. Yeah. <laughs> this better work because we I spent all of our booze money on it. <laughs> and I love how I love how he's like, and then of course everybody starts complaining. He's, he's like, whatever, it was seven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Nineteen eighty nine. Get a lot of booze for seven bucks, and he calls everybody piss ant. Like he says, piss, he says piss ant so many times. Here, I had to grab, I had to grab it because just like the way he says it is so great. So he says piss ant. <laughs> That's great. I, that's pretty good. It's,
1: Let's explain his plan. Piss ant. What Tommy did is he went to a bookstore and mm-hmm. he talked to the bookstore owner, who told him that he had a book that, uh, if he was to read a passage within that book. It would bring the dead back to life. If you went would to resurrect the cemetery, the day, yeah. read the passage, it would bring the dead back to life, and he believed him.
0: Nobody said he was smart. We just said he was cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the plan. And that is what. I can understand why his gang might have been a little upset about hearing that, actually. Yeah. Also, seven bucks is pretty expensive for a used book in
0: 1989. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, when you imagine the amount of Thunderbird you could buy for seven bucks. Mm hmm. You know, that's that's some that's some damn fine fortified wine that you're missing out on.
1: So let's hear what some of Tommy's reactions to the protestations of
0: his gang are. Well he says this. I understand, and you can eat shit. Wait, that wasn't him, that was no, Pusshead. That wasn't him. That was Pusshead.
1: <laughs> that was Pusshead. Yeah, yeah, he's a little upset. He, he understands and you can eat shit. Yeah. But uh yeah, that was after he got his arm broken, by the way. <laughs> I <laughs> he
0: was he was fine with having his arm broken, he was still pissed off. Um, <laughs> I should I should let everyone who's listening know
1: that it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this movie uh, because of the delays in us actually recording. So if I forget things, uh, I still know this movie better than you. So why don't you just leave me alone? Huh?
0: <laughs> so so uh, Tommy's reaction to Pusshead saying that was is this. I'll give him a little while to cool off and tell me that he
1: fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Tommy kind of reminds me of like one of those '80s Bill Paxton characters. Yeah, exactly. He's like Chet. Yeah, he's just a, he's a completely unrepentant asshole, uh, and that's what actually makes him a fun character.
0: Yeah, exactly. He never he never once in the entire movie uh, gives up. You know, he, he, well, to use a, pr- a professional wrestling term, he never breaks kayfabe, so to That's speak. That's
1: right; he never breaks kayfabe. That's absolutely the case. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> but for all all the marks watching, uh, <laughs> uh, we then cut back to the uh, the theoretical serial killer and his interactions with the prostitute. Yep. Uh, she she, uh, she uh, interacts with him and has him rub himself all over
0: her. Uh, I, use, I, use phrase, I use the phrase. I use it for the phrase vigorous boob rubbing.
1: Yeah, no, he vigorously grabs and squeezes her breasts. And he, he like massages the nipples and he traces his fingertip around the areola. <laughs> and he kind of he pushes his finger... oh. And,
0: <laughs> and then what is it, he stabs her. No, he really does. It's and, and it's No, it's he doesn't up, really. It's a movie. Well, yeah. But I mean it's um it's some of the like the corniest, like <laughs> stabbing special effects. Like, but I I love when they do shit like this. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, they'll this, pull, is, they'll, this is they'll, classic. Yeah, they pull the knife up and the knife's whole. and then they and then they show them bring the knife down, and they do they cut to the close up of the knife already in, and the person's like wiggling the knife around. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's wiggling, so you can kind
0: of see that it's not really penetrating <laughs> in any way. But that's you know, fine. I mean, in, in all honesty, if he if he had wiggled the knife less, yeah, it would have been more realistic. But it would have been less awesome. Yeah, so this is fine. I mean, it's not great that a prostitute is being murdered. That's never
1: a good thing. Yeah, it depends but on the prostitute, it, really. Yeah, well, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's be serious. <laughs> I kid, is I kid. This is a problem, yeah. and we're going to take it seriously. So he shouldn't be killing prostitutes. That's a big no-no. Of course. But in terms of how it's presented in the film, it's a lot of fun. Indeed. So uh, now we... The, the movie kind of splits into two parts uh, yeah. and it sometimes throws some other shit at us just to confuse us. But really we're going to spend some time with Tommy and his gang and we're going to spend a little time with Dave uh, because he is going to be one of the main characters, whether we like it or not. <laughs> Dave
0: mullet, Dave. Um, yeah, and- so at this point, at this point we catch Dave driving home essentially, you know, he already worked his shift at the bar. He's going home. Um, there's like a news report on the radio talking about like cannibal murders, Uh but, like, Dave's, like, not paying attention to it at all. It's not just any news
1: report, by the way. Yeah. It is the direct audio from Night of the Living Dead.
0: <laughs> oh, nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, a few things, because like, a little bit later, not to, again, to jump ahead, he uses some of the audio from uh,
0: Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Yeah, uh, see, I caught that, but I missed yeah. I, I don't know how I missed Night of the Living Dead. I guess it's just been too long. Um, but, Which yeah, so... Like, sorry to interrupt you again, Mo. but
1: 1989, you know, pulling that sort of material, because, I mean, even some of the soundtrack... Uh, you can tell is a little bit influenced by both uh, both Zombie and and The Beyond. Mm. Uh, they're are like like audio references to those movies. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously Todd Sheets was a, was a big horror movie fan, and I mean, he's mentioned that a time and time again. Yeah, and he, I mean, he, nobody's ever nobody's ever questioned you know
0: Sheets love of horror film.
1: But in this movie, you can actually see it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's the rare situation. He's actually making homage.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: homage, homage uh, Back to Tommy and his gang
1: mm-hmm. um, Tommy has a little interaction with this crazy guy who looks
0: like Sam Kinnison. Yeah, did, did you actually catch what that character's name is? Are you asking me? Because no <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't either I don't know. Like, like there are some characters with some weird names, and I just never really caught what this guy's name was because I don't think they ever really say it. The sound
1: of this movie is okay. I mean, it works for the most part. It starts off awful,
0: but it it gets better.
1: Oh, and there's a couple of outdoor scenes with a lot of wind that are terrible as well. Um, But generally, the sound is okay. It's just that, again, we're talking about uh, VHS transfer, and it's still muddy, and it it can be a little difficult to tell. And sometimes
0: the names are never even said. Yeah, well, exa- exactly. That's the biggest problem is that the characters' names are some of the characters' names are never said, but they have names, you know, and you just don't know who the hell they are. Or if they are said, like sometimes the characters' names are so nonsensical that you know that you don't realize that it's actually the character's name, um, like Pusshead. Yeah, or Hammerspike. Spike. <laughs> That's my band's name, Mo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, or ha! <Shlooby. laughs>
1: Uh, so uh, this, uh, this Sam Kinison-looking guy, uh, he's a bit of a nut, and he s- says a lot of nutty things. He says that he's, uh, he's going to cut off Pusshead's balls and use them as baseballs and just a lo- lot of loony stuff. And then Tommy shuts him down. Yeah, and I can... And I can oh, use balls and, yeah. and use them as a baseball. And, and, and I can I can I can I can spit his eye and pop it out. Yeah. Pop it out like a grape. Yeah. Yeah. and, and I can make him watch stupid loonies, I got me! I had
0: such a... I had Three... Three hours of MTV? Yeah? Yeah, I just... You'll shut the fuck up is what you'll do! Sorry. Damn!
1: Yes, he will shut the fuck up. Fucking loony or something.
0: need to settle down. We're just shut up every once in a while, right? I, 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 I yeah. love... I love how one of his tortures is I'll force him to listen to, to, to watch three hours of MTV.
1: Um... So, you know, by the way, this is setting a comedic tone that uh, infrequently appears in the film. Uh, Usually with the interaction with the gang, there's a lot of kind of humor involved. But a little bit later, there's some scenes that are meant to be really serious, which come off as really silly because of this tone already being set earlier in the movie.
0: Yeah, there's some weird tonal shifts through the course of the film. And I I definitely think that uh, him being so... Like, I don't. I don't want to use the term jovial because that's certainly not the case. But, uh, uh, like joking with it with the rest of his gang, um, or at least like sarcastically mean or whatever. Right. Uh, it yeah. It definitely gives the wrong example for later in the film. So Dave, whose car has broken
1: down, by the way, and it's kind of broken down in the middle of nowhere. Uh, he gets out of his car to i guess walk to find some sort of help
0: oh wait hold on, hold on hold on hold on i did i did catch one more piece of audio from that conversation that he has with the sam kennison guy okay. uh, just just because it cracked me up uh, i it just i had to i have to share it uh this this line is said Dog is name Butthead. His <laughs> talk- Dog's name Butthead. <laughs> yeah, he talks about how his dog's name Butthead. So of course, like uh, Tommy and I don't remember who the other guy is. They kind of look at each other and they go. Dog
1: is name Butthead.
0: <laughs> Classic. Uh, so it's- Dave, uh, while walking to try to
1: find help, he's actually bothered by a big group of homeless people. At this point, there are, there are no visible zombies that we've seen, uh, but. This scene is really notable, not just for the big collection of homeless people who decide to circle around him for some reason, mm. but also because it's the first appearance by the baseball fury, slash juggalo-looking guy
0: in face paint. Yeah, it, I didn't quite know what to think of that guy. The face paint was awesome. Yeah, it's a really, really li- weird thing to have just appear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I it was it was very off putting. Um, it was probably the the most Effective means of disturbing me uh, <laughs> through the course of the film, and it's really disappointing that it only really happens like one or two times in the in the movie, and like he's not seen often. Um, I
1: but, believe in the credits, by the way, that that uh, this character is just called Mime, and you know, like uh, I think it's actually sense. played by the uh, by Dave Byerly, who 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 plays Tommy.
0: Mm. So he's uh, the two
1: best parts of the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's it's but it is it's just an extra addition to the pure randomness that's already kind of happening in this movie uh, that it just makes it that much harder to watch. You know, I mean, I don't mean hard to watch as in like, oh, it's bad. I mean, hard to watch as in like, it's it's disturbing. It's actually like it, it hits you on a weird sort of subconscious level.
1: Yeah. yeah, and it certainly is an image that sticks with you. Uh, yeah. even when the movie is over, without a doubt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> in part two of our feature, <laughs> uh, so you might remember at the beginning of the movie that there wasn't just one gang; there was two gangs. There are the second gang led by Todd Cheats, They've done they've one upped Tommy's gang because they've gotten another copy of the book, <laughs> and they've rushed to the graveyard first to uh, to uh, in order to do the ceremony to bring. Uh, I guess their own guys back to life first.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense because the uh, the other gang lost guys. There's never any mention of Rocco's gang losing anybody. Yeah. So like to me, it, may, it really seemed like he was going out of his way to raise Tommy's guys to come fight on his side. Yeah. This scene the scene doesn't make a lot of sense, and no. also this
1: scene takes place outside, of course, oh, and it's very weird. windy. Windy as so fuck. It, yeah, it's windy as fuck, so it's really hard to hear what they're saying. Um, and, in fact, we, ha- we have a little bit of audio of Todd reading from the book, and yeah. I think you'll probably hear some of the wind during that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I should have grabbed some audio of just – because they had these th- – every now and again they they, they take these sh- shots of just some trees, mm-hmm. and those shots are painfully windy. Like, I mean, to the point that he, sh- he should have shot those without sound. <laughs> right. You know, but whatever. So here, so here's here's the uh, the beginning of the uh, the rites of zombie raising or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> here's what he says. Okay, here we go. Now don't nobody be cracking up at me, all right? No, Todd. Let
1: the corporeal bodies of the beast rise up from the soil. Let
0: the fallen warriors who dwell in hell. Rise up once more, for their vengeance victory. There you go.
1: I hope, I hope no one's playing this podcast uh, over speakers in a graveyard because if they did, <laughs> something bad probably just
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, let me know if you see a guy with weird face paint on.
1: <laughs> yes, zombies start climbing out of the ground immediately. So this bookstore owner, he knew his shit because this totally worked. It seems kind of dangerous to sell that maybe to a gang, but it works. Hey. Um and and zombies and we get some great and not so great zombies kind of climbing out of mostly just sitting
0: up, they, and they were in ditches and things. And the uh, I love the like uh, the book quote unquote flies out of Rocco's <laughs> hands, which it, is it just another way of saying he throws it. But um, <laughs> it threw, flew out of my hand. It <laughs> <flew>. <laughs>
1: What's also great is that one of the zombies, one of the first ones that appear after they say the words, is very obviously Todd Sheets dressed as a zombie once again. Because
0: <laughs> it's got Todd Sheets hair. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of Bedhead, but Sheets head. <laughs> Omo. Oh, <Wah>, <laughs> so now we find
1: ourselves back in the bar, and we we didn't mention that the bar owner is one of the. Uh, Major characters in the film as well. Uh, I can't remember what his well, name from is. We find Tony. out a little bit later, but yeah, he yeah. is sort of the more e- with it guy, at least in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously close to Dave. Uh, the, and, and when Dave's girlfriend shows up and says that Dave didn't show up for their date, he closes the bar. Be, <laughs> he closes it, and all the, all the people in it are very upset. <laughs>
0: There's some really great lines in this too, because there's shit that happens before that, like like the uh, the girls trying to find Dave and uh, and Tony is like completely Dave, Sorry. yeah, Dave. But uh, Tony's completely like just not paying attention. Uh, because he notices that there are some like th- like there's like, three like ruffians who he had quote unquote <laughs> thrown out of the bar earlier, and he decides and he throws them out again. Like it's yes. very important that he has to throw them out of the bar now. And his explanation as to why he throws them out of the bar is is so great. Um, I believe he says something to the effect of uh, they ordered one drink, ate a couple of bowls of peanuts, pin- pinched the waitress's ass a dozen times, uh, but didn't but he didn't get pissed until they said Elvis was shit.
1: Oh, it's you know character building. Okay. There's, he's defining them. These are well drawn characters. Oh, and let's uh, not and let's so not forget about they the... vanish later for no. Particular
0: reason. <laughs> exactly. I Wonder where they are. So let's not let's not forget about the uh, the, the drunk dude as well who comes up to Dave's girlfriend, to ask her if she wants to do the tube steak boogie.
1: <laughs> humor, hilarious, f- humorous dialogue. There's
0: some funny drunk humor in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. At least. I mean,
0: shit. If you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have a bar, you might as well have drunk dudes. Zombies, Mo. Yep. Zombies start showing up everywhere. Word.
1: And uh, our first introduction uh, to the zombies, outside of them just getting up uh, from before, is uh, a scene where a woman, and this is probably the most memorable scene, single a scene of violence in the whole movie. Oh, no a doubt, is pushing a stroller with a baby in it late at night, really late at night. Really too late to be pushing a stroller with a baby in it.
0: And we see where this is going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, you might be everyone might be wondering if zombies show up and they do. And she's very upset when she sees these zombies coming after her.
0: And not not only do zombies show up, but they show up sort of in style mm. because because this music is playing in the background. I love it. Like this zombie, like, carnival music. You know? I this is, it.
1: again, we're, we're, we're in ICP territory. It's, it's true. <laughs> this is dark carnival music that's playing in the background. <laughs> uh, and and uh, that's the show that things are going wrong for so, this woman. Yeah. Who gets uh, kind of pushed to the ground and in uh, pure... H.G. Lewis style, they pull out her tongue.
0: Yeah. And this is the scene with the Zubaz zombie, too. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Yeah.
1: And they pull out her guts because there's going to be some gut munching in this. Yeah. Uh, and it's done, you know, it's done like it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, they, um, yeah,
0: they, they pull out her guts as zombies are wont to do.
1: They, they definitely are. <laughs> and then they go for the baby.
0: It's really disturbing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Grant, I don't mean
1: to laugh, but ha ha
0: ha! <laughs> no, I mean you can You, you got to laugh because I mean they do it in such a like a ridiculous sort of way. Um, but yeah, I mean they like they pull the baby apart and like one of them pulls this like doll leg up to his up to up to their mouth and and then like bits of the baby like fall out of the carriage and like and, and they like they like a couple of the zombies sort of, like, scramble to pick up the pieces that fell, and it's just like, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's rough, but it's obviously a really fake baby. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it, there's no way that, that unless you were particularly not paying attention that you would think that this could possibly have been a real baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not a good effect or anything like that. It's meant to be really exaggerated, and on that level, I think it works. But you're right, it's and the baby crying is probably what makes it a little bit more disturbing
0: mm. as well. See, but these are all but the, i mean these are all just uh, ingredients that that make the movie as a whole that much better i mean it 's like it's it 's this certain level of disturbing shit that that make that make it his best movie. Yeah, it means that you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know where they're going to go with it.
1: Exactly. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're tough cookies, so we know how extreme, in quotation marks, movies can get. Sure. But it does show a willingness to cross the line, and that is really what's necessary in a movie like this, which is already treading in very familiar territory. Yeah. You need to do something to distinguish yourself. In this case, this is him saying, well, I, I'll go this far. And, I mean, that's that catches your attention. That draws you in. Mm-hmm. Look at us. We're analyzing it like professionals.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, Tommy, by the way, and his gang of ruffians, uh, they're still – they don't know that the zombies are already back and that the ceremony has really already happened. Yeah, uh, they're, fact, they're setting up to do their to the, uh, own. To the cemetery in order to do uh, do his own version of the ceremony with Pusshead going along, and he's very upset about it. Um, but this does not last long because the zombies very quickly start to attack.
0: yeah. I, to, the thing about this, about the scene is that, uh, like, it's clear that they're freezing. Yes. You know, like, Tommy, like, bless him, you know. I mean, he's out there, he's he's in his cool guy suit, you know. He's, he's not really being allowed to wear anything remotely warm. And he is just shivering his ass off. And you can kind of tell, like... um, like I, he he has this really great line that I'm about to play where he talks about uh, what he's going to do to the guy who sold him the book. If he, I love this line. You know if it, if it does if this doesn't work, but I left a little bit on at the end because you can actually hear him shivering. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play this because it's such a great line. This idea doesn't work. I'm gonna shish bob me an old man that sold me a shitty book. <laughs> I mean, it's a little—it's a little light there, but I mean, I think—I think if you listen carefully, you can hear him go <laughs> at, the, at the end there. Yeah, no, it looks cold, but I um, love that. I'm gonna shish kabob me an old man who sold me a shitty book. <laughs>
1: I mean, he's good. He's, like, really good.
0: His line uh, delivery is, is pretty brilliant. I mean, like, he, he only really has, you know, two modes. He's either stumbling over his line or he's delivering his lines brilliantly. Yeah. And I, and I think and, that... And uh, sometimes those stumbles are, yeah, they're left in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, Todd Sheets is not really known for his, you know, four or five takes. But uh, um, but I think, I think that is probably one of his best line deliveries, even with the shiver. Now if I had to guess what happens next, Mo yes. and I, I shouldn't have to guess because I've seen it, but if I had <laughs>
1: to guess, I would say that Todd Sheets was making his movie mm-hmm. and he realized that it was running short, as low budget movies almost always do. Yeah. And he decided that he was going to pad it out a little bit by adding a few um, extra
0: scenes. I would use the term <laughs> Yeah, well superb. That don't
1: necessarily connect to the rest of the film, but that sort of tell an extra part of the tale. Uh, and he could use other actors, and he he could use a different uh, kind of scenario in order to do that. And what we see is there's a couple, a husband and wife, who are hiding
0: out in a basement. Yeah, I'm assuming, I mean, they keep cutting back to this church, so I'm assuming it's in the basement of this church. This part is really confusing, because they introduce these characters, this
1: couple who are are hiding in the basement, and then they introduce us to uh, this redneck guy who's, like, sealing up all the church windows. Yeah. And there's this uh, guy with a mustache who's in there. And uh, there's also um, Matthew Lewis, who played Spider in Nightmare mm-hmm. Asylum. He's one of the characters there, even though he doesn't get a credit, I don't believe.
0: No, he's not um, credited in it.
1: And and so I guess this is all happening in a church.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, n- none of the interior shots look like a church, but they keep using the out- the exterior shot of the church, so you, you have no choice but to think, okay, fine, this is happening in the church. But yeah it's so like i mean it's like haphazardly thrown together and it doesn't make any sense uh it's it's kind of i mean it's it's completely pointless, but at the same time it also gives you an idea of what's happening to other people
1: yeah it's supposed to, i guess it's supposed to expand the scope of of the events a little yeah. bit I and mean, that's fair enough um and, and there's, you know, there's a small bit of action here. The zombies get into the church somehow. I mean, it seems like they just walk in.
0: Well, I then. mean, if you looked at the boards they were nailing up, it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. <laughs> it's like nailing up cardboard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the board. It and, they're, and, they're,
1: um, um, and the zombies come in and they attack the mustache guy. Yeah. Uh, and the redneck guy comes in and he shoots a zombie in the head. Yeah. Basically. So, I mean, that's that's what that's all about. It's but just it's funny, I mean, because they spend a little time with that couple in the basement. um just with ridiculous
0: exposition that makes no sense, yeah, and it's pointless. Yeah.
1: In fact, even the guy gets off a few kind of like comical lines, even though they're supposed to be really terrified.
0: Yeah, yeah. He starts
1: talking shit about her mom. Yeah, he goes,
0: they're single-minded, a lot like <laughs> your, mom. like your mom. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I might have and added that little laughter at the end. But but back to the movie. Uh, Dave uh, has now uh, connected with the gang. They've all they're all together now. How that actually happened?
0: It's not really explained.
1: It's not really explained. It's like a section of the movie is kind of cut out. Yeah. But Dave and the gang are now together.
0: Dave and the gang.
1: And the gang in this case are much diminished from their full size. Well, I think by this point it's just
0: Tommy, right? I mean,
1: yeah, I think at this point they're still running away and they're trying to escape. Uh, oh no, 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 no. that had yeah. To the bar. Uh, and at that point, you're right. I think it's just Tommy. Who's left? But uh, there was a quick scene before where we see some of the gang get attacked by zombies. Exactly. Um, but but I mean, the gang at, at at one point looked like it was like a dozen people, and now it's just Tommy.
0: Yeah, exactly. So th- so then we're back we're back to the uh, we get, we get back to the bar, and of mm-hmm. course, it's not a Todd Sheets movie without some kind of meta joke, and uh, and we're uh, treated to this one. I can't believe this. This only happens in those cheap, low-budget <laughs> horror movies, not in real life. Todd Sheets uses this particular line in at least half of his movies. That joke is, uh, is almost exactly, almost word for
1: word the same as the, uh, the, the same joke that's in uh, Sorority Babes in the dance a of Death. And we actually played that audio clip in that as well.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, he uses it all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it's at this point
1: is probably kind of clever. 1989.
0: Well, it was. I mean, this is pre Scream.
1: <laughs> many of his movies are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a while till we get to 1996. Yeah. Um, so Tommy and Dave they don't get along well because Not Dave at is all. sort of clean cut, except for his long mullety hair. Well, you uh, know. And in fact, Tommy's a little more clean cut than Dave is. Um, but but uh, Dave is a straight shooter, and they fight a little bit. In fact, Dave uh ends up punching tommy in the face and knocking him down it's true and tommy pulls a knife because he's tough and he says he's he he proves he's tough by what he says next time you fuck with me i'm gonna cut a hole in your cheek the size of your asshole all right. all right. All right. Bet that line seemed a
0: little better on the page. You know, I, well, I, I gotta tell you, his Brando esque, uh, delivery was r- really, really made it all the better for me. Yeah.
1: Got <laughs> a hole in your I'm cheek, gonna, the side of your asshole. All right. <laughs> um, the bartender, who's also in the bar. First off, assholes aren't very big. So, I mean. No, I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you're right. Yeah. Maybe he means, like, a prolapsed.
0: I was going to say, it's uh, like, I mean, are you talking about, like, a gaper? I mean, whoa. He means, okay,
1: obviously, no, He means <laughs> that he's going to cut a hole in his cheek the size of a gaping, perhaps a goatee-esque mm. asshole. There we go. So uh, everyone put that image in their mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the bartender punches Tommy, too, because Tommy's an asshole and he deserves to get punched. Well, I mean, he gets he gets a lot of punches that he deserves. Uh, they're really bad at sealing up the various locations that they go into. I mean, how many doors could a fucking bar have? But well, I, they have a lot of trouble
0: sealing this place up. Yeah, exactly. And there's only, I mean, from, from what we can tell, there's two doors. Right. And they forget to seal one of them. Yeah. Oops. Oops! Right. zombies, <laughs> like the <laughs> back door. Oh. But the best part about this is when they come into the bar. I don't know if you noticed that, but nobody was there to unlock the door for them. <laughs> they didn't it, lock it was it. just open. <laughs> you know, so we have all these people who are like fretting at the bar. Like the chick who who makes the the, the meta joke. She's sitting at the bar already. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so she makes the joke, but at the meantime, there's nothing stopping any of these zombies from just walking in. That's true. Ridiculous. And, in fact, that is what they do. Zombies exactly try to get in happens. through
1: the back door. And uh, there's something that may, you may not have noticed here, Mo. I'm not trying to uh, to say that you don't have powers of observation no except good. for the spelling of discretion. But uh, <laughs> the zombies try to get in. Everyone in the bar freaks out, and they all sort of start to run away. Mm-hmm. And there's a voiceover. Someone yells oh. out, come oh, on, shit. let's get out of here. Yeah. And that is not one of the main characters. That is obviously Tachi's voice. Oh, and without a doubt. Come on, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. get out of here.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's more voiceover than that. It's I mean, because there's like uh, somebody they, they, there's just a shot of a back door, and you can hear somebody go, "Holy shit, they got in the back door!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oops, there's a back door. How did
1: we forget about that? Holy shit! Uh, there's one. There's one thing that's really kind of neat about this scene. They show these zombies that are kind of pressed up against the windows. Uh, and they're kind of spitting blood and goop and all over the windows, and it shit really and looks kind of creepy and It's, awesome. it's a really it, well done, like the makeup. I gotta, on the yeah, the practical. Looks good. Maybe the, it's because it's through a window that's all messed up anyway. Yeah. But the image itself actually works really well in the context of the movie. No, I
0: got to tell you, the practical effects in this movie are really good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Certainly good for, for the era and for the sure. price. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of zombies who are clearly just wearing, like, plastic masks. But, you know, like, the, like, like in this particular scene where you get some really good up-close shots of the, of the zombies, like, being pressed up against the window and oozing and bleeding and shit, uh, it's fantastic. Sure.
1: Uh, so speaking of fantastic, except the opposite, the <laughs> not fantastic, we do get back to the church for a moment where mm. uh, the mustache guy. Who yeah got the guy it. who got bit he got bit before uh, they 're checking on him to see that he 's okay and he 's like uh, he comes back as a zombie gross. redneck guy hits him with the butt of his gun then it, then somehow a ton of zombies all get in <laughs> they eat everybody
0: they go in the basement and they eat that couple that we're talking. about. but you earlier. know what the thing is it's not it 's not they go into the basement there 's only one yeah who goes into the basement and he kills them both in what is probably the most anticlimactic Scene <laughs> in the movie, it's just like, oh no, a zombie, <laughs> you wrong know, uh,
1: So you know? that, I mean, that, that's what we talked about earlier about the scene, the part at the church having no. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter; it has no connection to the rest of the movie. It is entirely yeah, they're self-contained. Super, they're completely superb. What was the point? Who knows? Exactly, exactly. Don't forget, by the way, that we're praising this movie as significantly better than all the touchy movies that we've seen. So the parts that don't make sense, yeah, they're bad. But the movie as a whole. You know the big picture; it it generally works. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so the rest of this movie, by the way, uh, and we're we're getting through it at this point. Uh, it really is a series of Tommy and uh, and the survivors. They're all kind of going. Uh, they're running around. They're going from place to place to try to find a safe haven. You
0: know, it's funny. I uh, you sent me. You know, we'll we'll give a little insight into how into how our system works, you know, behind (laughs) the scenes is uh, generally I'll ask you to send me a list of what audio clips you want me to grab from the movie when I watch it. Um, And you send me this list and we're 35 minutes into the film. You know, the film's 75 minutes long and there's only or like we're like 40 minutes in and there's only three clips, like three audio clips left <laughs> for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, this can't be right. I'm like, you had to have sent me only half of it. And uh, and you actually never responded back to my email about like why there isn't more audio clips. And then as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wow. I mean, it's really it's just scene after scene of them like running from zombies. Like there's nothing. Yeah. You know, there's like nothing I mean, going it's, it's on. It's well done. They're running. Oh, yeah. Zombies. It's,
1: awesome. That's, it's you know, awesome. It's a zombie
0: movie. So you expect yeah. that. Yeah, but there's nothing as far as like memorable audio or like lines of dialogue <laughs> or anything that happens.
1: There's one thing that it's important to note. They all run into a store, which is meant to be their new safe haven that they're going to seal up. And uh, there's a moment where the bartender, who who I have it written down here, his name is Tony, uh, oh. not Tommy, but Tony. Tony uh, accidentally gets uh, hit in the head by a guy who's been hiding in the store. Yeah. And this guy, he escaped there with uh, with his father, who ended up getting killed. Um, he says some gross stuff about his father. His face was peeled like a grape. Uh, and he's kind of a, a, supposed to be a tragic character. He's like supposed to be like a very simplistic rednecky type guy. Yeah. I, I only mention him because he has a important moment that's coming up that we need to talk about. <laughs> uh, and, 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 we'll get to that in just, just a moment. Uh,
0: well, right be- right before they find, they find that guy, um, who actually gives one of the best performances in the film? Yeah,
1: it, uh, you it, know. certainly at this part
0: he does. Yeah, yeah, the, the, his big scene. Yeah, d- definitely. Um, but right before that, there, like when they when they get into the store, there's one guy who doesn't make it into the building with them, and uh, and you just and you see him like essentially get torn in half. Yeah, you know, like outside the window, and you notice that there's a guy in the background. Of this scene, who's kind of like a taller guy with glasses? He looks super nerdy, um, and uh, and he has this gigantic smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, like as you know, <laughs> as the uh, uh, as this guy's getting torn in half, and and I wish I had snapped. I, I meant to snap a uh, a screen grab of. <laughs> of the scene because, like, you see this dude in the background with this giant smile on his face, and then there's Tommy standing right in front of him with this d- disgusted look <laughs> on his face. And it's just so great to see them next to each other. but and, and at first I was thinking to myself, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, you know, that, that's a weird thing to to keep in the movie. Like, that dude's, you know, clearly, like, out of character. But, of course, you soon realize... He's not out of character he's at all. He's not out of character.
1: <laughs> hey, everyone who's listening, remember earlier when we talked about that serial killer and him stabbing the prostitute? Well, well that's yes, coming back do. now. We discover yeah. that this uh, tall dork with glasses that you were just mentioning, he who I dork. have written in my notes as looking like the lead singer of Harvey Danger, uh, he decides <laughs> he's going to accompany one of the women, uh, actually a friend of David's girlfriend, uh, into a bathroom. Who I thought was a dude at floor. first. They're going to make sure that everything is sealed up because they're working on securing the place anyway.
0: And once
1: he goes back with her – and he's very lecherous, by the
0: way. (laughs) Oh, it's – yeah. I mean to the point that like everybody – like she she walks off, you know, and he kind of go he kind of like rubs his hands together and he goes – I. I think I think she might need my help or something to that effect, you know. And he kind of walks off, and everybody who's left kind of goes, Ugh. "Yeah." <laughs> and and that's what the audience would be doing too, because yeah. this guy thinks he's going to get
1: lucky during the zombie apocalypse, and yeah. in his mind, he probably did because, sure, in uh, in the mind, the twisted mind of a serial killer, getting lucky means that he's going to stab this woman to death, which is what he proceeds to do. It's true, and uh, Dave and his girlfriend they come, walk in they hear some odd noises and maybe he they think that they decided to get down and get ready but instead uh, they catch him in the act of stabbing this girl yeah and dave and the dork uh the killer dork they have a fight
0: he actually lifts him up by his neck <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of funny I mean, I mean i don't know if that's if that's just uh, uh them saying how like tiny dave is or if they're trying to imply that this that this oddly shaped sort of <laughs> dork man his monstrous oh. strength yeah has this monstrous <laughs> <King Dork>. strength. <laughs> my dork rage <laughs>
1: well i guess he he uses his serial killer powers to lift dave off yes, the sir. ground and it looks like dave's in terrible trouble until we remember hey there's a whole fucking building full of people here who will help and Tony comes in, Tony the bartender, mm-hmm. uh, the bar owner, and he comes in with uh, what is obviously a cap gun, and he shoots uh, this guy in the head,
0: and that yeah. takes care of him. So Yeah, but that subplot you know didn't really mean anything either. But you, but you know what, though? That cap gun, I mean, with, I mean, it, that produced one of the best and one of the worst special effects in the movie. Um, the, one of the best being the sparks, that you know, like the muzzle blast that comes out the end, because it looks pretty cool. Uh, and the worst being the, the bullet, uh, the gunshot sound effect <laughs> that they use to go with it. Uh, it's really bad.
1: There, I've noticed from watching, and, and I'm sure you have too, too, Mo, uh, from watching many, many super low-budget and no-budget movies, that the two things that seem to be the hardest to do in those movies are gun blasts, mm-hmm. and I include the, my, the own film that I worked on in that, and uh, news reports. Because it's very, very difficult to get someone to pretend to be a newsreader and make it sound legitimate. And also it's very difficult to make a news broadcast image uh, to to recreate that in a way that looks real. And those things are just really, really hard to get right in low-budget films. And, yeah, so there's not a lot of shooting in this movie in general. But you're right.
0: That one is uh, – it's kind of a balance of good and bad. Yeah, I mean like I love I love the muzzle flash. So I thought that was great. I'm like, oh that's really cool, you know? And then you hear this <clears throat> you know, noise that goes with it and you're like, Whoa, Jesus Christ, Todd. <laughs> uh by the way, that
1: noise, it, it alerts the zombies who start to pour into the building. Again, not a good job of sealing the place up. It looked like there was a lot of wood around, so it shouldn't have been difficult, but I guess
0: it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah, it almost seems like the zombies are... I think at this point, it almost seems like the zombies are coming in under the building. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, that's right. Like, it seems like they're going in through, like, like, these weird sort of, like, tunnels. And this is where this is where the whole zombie aspect of the film starts to get really confusing. Because, like, they're coming in, but at the same time, they don't seem to be... Like, where they end up doesn't seem to be where they're going.
1: Yeah. And they, once again, Todd... Uh, our intrepid director and, uh, I guess, creative force. He mm-hmm. wants to expand the scope of the movie. And now this, what's happening next, mm. I think is the key to the ending. But, I, 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 you know, please, listeners who have watched this movie, write in and explain things to us because we're slow. I'm Canadian and Mo is, I mean, you know Mo. Uh, yeah. and, and we need help. Because uh, the next scene, it takes place in a police station. And there's this girl in it, in the station, and she has these gigantic <laughs> red glasses on. It's ridiculous. She
0: looks <laughs> ludicrous. She looks very She looks very much of the late 80s.
1: She's wearing this Sergeant Pepper's style fucking shirt. Uh, I mean, she looks...
0: With, like, balloon she, pants.
1: Yeah, she looks like 1989 in a person.
0: Yeah, she's 1989
1: incarnate, without a doubt. And not only does she look ridiculous, she also <laughs> she is horrible. I mean, she is so fucking terrible at acting, and it's yeah. great. I mean, it is wonderful. It was so wonderful that I begged Mo to capture her entire phone conversation, and I'm going to listen really carefully here because I want to see if within this conversation there is a clue to how the ending
0: works. Yeah, my guess is that there's not going to be, but but we'll listen. Let's listen. Anyway. Okay. Yeah i send a government control you <laughs> out of the contamination We make sure you need the barricades. You tell the sheriff to get his most reliable help.
1: We don't want to to this contagion. If it doesn't work,
0: go We'll to go to plan B. B.
1: <laughs> I mean, what is up with this girl?
0: <laughs> if it doesn't work, go mm-hmm. to plan B. She's like the Swart. She's like the Stallone of uh, of this film. You get the most reliable help. If it Doesn't work. We're going plan B. If you can change, I can change,
1: you can change. Um. So she's That's awful. Stallone, everybody. And I'm guessing. This is what I interpret from what she just said. And by the way, I was so fixated on her horrible acting that I forgot to pay attention to what she was saying. But she mentions that if all this shit didn't work, that they're going to go to Plan B. Now, this is a very Return of the Living Dead-esque conversation with a suggestion, I think, that Plan B means to nuke the city. Yeah, we're talking about the nuclear option here. The nuclear option is what we are discussing. So when things just end... At the end of the movie, I'm—I mean, it would have been great if the, if he just—I don't know—like put a big bright light on them to suggest that there was some sort of bomb. It would drop. have
0: been something.
1: Yeah, I mean that—that that is the only way I can make sense of the
0: ending of this movie. And then the thing that doesn't make any sense is that—is that at the beginning of the movie they make you think that the zombies come back because of some pagan ritual, right? And then—and then this chick is saying that the zombies are from some kind of contagion, so it's like. Now, are we? Uh, is this like an outbreak, or is this paranormal? Maybe they just don't understand it. Mo. Maybe the government aren't
1: telling us everything. I think the government you, doesn't understand, understand it. it, man. The government keep. I mean, I mean, look. I don't want to get off on a rant, but you don't really think that we've been to the moon, have you? I mean, <laughs> have you seen? There's <laughs> the no moon, moon there. No, no, nobody's ever
0: gone to the moon, man. There's, Listen to the facts.
1: All right, and let me talk to you about chemtrails <laughs> and what they mean. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Back to the movie. Uh, Back to
0: the movie, man.
1: This gal who was in a police station by herself with no weapons. Uh, she, uh, goes upstairs and zombies break in and they pull all of her guts out. And I will say that in her death screams, she is, uh, suitably terrified looking. So, I have to give her that. She might not be able to speak like a human being, but she can scream and be pulled apart like an actual actress.
0: She has this great line where she comes upstairs, and, like, there's, like, a drop cloth hanging over something, and she goes, Damn, painters. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right as she says that, the zombies come pouring into the in through the door right next to where she's at. But it's, like, damn, painters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe there's a clue in that to how the ending works, too. Uh, uh, yeah, that's it.
0: So It's a conspiracy,
1: man! <laughs> Back at the... Uh, I can't remember where we are with the gang at this point. Uh, the gang being uh, Tommy and Dave and his girlfriend. Um, and that's, that's really all who we're, f- we're focusing on right now. Tommy and Dave do not like each other. They have a very combative relationship. It really began when Dave punched Tommy in the face and Tommy wanted to give his cheek an asshole... Uh, but, but Dave, who has been continually belittled by Tommy, he has a bit of a speech now where he's like, you know, we're in this together. You got, you need to treat us like we're the world. in fact, let's, let's hear Dave's
0: speech. This is so great too, because this happens quite literally right after Tommy walks in and finds the dead body and, and, and quips who ordered the bloody Mary. (laughs) Cla- so this is, so this is Tommy. re- yeah. So this is Dave's response to to Tommy being his typical dick sh- dick self. All right, here we go. Shut up! We don't give a shit about some gangster wannabe. We don't give a shit about none of you. Shut up! <laughs> All
1: right. Shut up, guys! You need to treat us like we're the world, man.
0: Because for all you know, there couldn't be anyone left out there. All right? I'm talking right now, and you're going to listen for once. We don't care. We couldn't give a
1: shit about you. Just be quiet and listen to me. <laughs> We're not going to follow you. We don't give a shit. And I'd love to see you out there with the zombies, all right? All right? Why don't you just go crawl back in the corner and shut up, keep yourself, and leave
0: us alone. Chief Dinosaur hood. And Tommy responds immediately with this. You know something, when you finally die, I'm going to piss all over your bones. I mean, that's literally the next line. Yeah, it absolutely
1: is. I love how Dave calls him a cheap dime storehood, which is such a... I mean, who talks like that? Oh, uh, yeah. huh, wise guy, see? Yeah. Dave has to act a lot using his mullet, uh, and he's not very good, but... That that speech. Hey, he only has himself to blame. He cast himself. There's something kind of real about the speech, except for that cheap dime store hood line, because the way it kind of circles around and he repeats a lot of words like we don't give a shit about you again and again. There's something kind of real about it, which makes me think that as written, it probably was a little bit more straightforward. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And he just kind of let it all out at once. (laughs) Shut up. So Tommy's going to piss all over his bones. But they're in this together.
0: Yeah. And, of course, Tommy, Tommy then calls him a retard. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the actions that
1: they're about to do would uh, sort of confirm that he's right. Oh,
0: and he keeps calling him a dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, too. <laughs> uh, Dave starts looking for weapons,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a smart thing to do. And they tease us with the idea that he might actually find an interesting weapon because he finds a empty chainsaw. And he finds a hammer. Yeah. And none of this really matters. We're just kind of uh, we're kind of killing, it's killing a bit time of time at this point. Yeah. But something very important happens here. Remember that redneck guy whose father got killed that uh, that they met when they came into this place? I do. Well, he's he is distressed for some reason. <laughs> Being in the store all alone didn't bother him, but now that people are there and they have a chance for survival, apparently he is down in the dumps. Oh yeah, he's despairing. He's despairing, and he has a gun. Somehow. He has a gun, uh, and I think it's Tony's gun. Some really cheesy music starts playing. And I wish I had grabbed audio of it. Yeah, yeah it's really. I I, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't remember what it sounds like, but it's probably something like. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, but but uh, he he looks forlorn, and he takes the gun, and he shoots himself with it.
0: And now here's my problem. Here's my problem with this scene.
1: I hope it's the same problem as I have, Mo. Let's hear it. it,
0: it Th- this this character whose name I don't even know if they ever even give it. I don't believe but, they do. Yeah, I just call him the country boy. Mm-hmm. He like his facial acting, like the, the look of despair on his face, and like like the the agony at the decision uh, to take his own life. You know, it's it's quite literally. I mean, it's a very short scene, but it's probably the best acted scene in the film. You know. Then he pulls the trigger, and this like bucket of like pasta sauce <laughs> splashes all over the wall, ruining the entire acting scene that just happened. Well, the music
1: kind of hurts it already, but yeah, yeah you're right. But what I noticed most about the scene is that they show him shooting himself, yeah. and then the ragu sauce all goes in the different direction than where well, that, the bullet yeah. was supposed to go. Exactly. Uh, and, and the spatial awareness of it, the crossing over, all it left me was like, I was like, whoa, what just happened? It's a magic bullet. <laughs> he paused in left. midair and sprayed <laughs> brain matter all over the opposite wall.
0: And Kevin Costner showed up and said, back to the left. That's right. Back into the left. So that guy killed himself in a very uh, misjudged moment of drama. Uh, yeah but i mean but but i mean but it works like like up until the ragu it works i'll be honest with you mo i don't give a shit about the country
1: boy i didn't get upset even about when he was explaining his father's face being peeled off like a grape yeah. so when we just cut to him for a moment and he looks sad i mean yeah. you know i i feel bad for him uh, in this theoretical situation but i don't feel like it was properly expressed that he was in this mood
0: no, maybe not. Maybe not. But I think, I think the, I think the, just given that moment in time, I think he did a really good job of, of portraying the, the, you know, the despair, the sadness, you know, that he was feeling. Then the pasta sauce happened, and it ruined it. But the uh, but I think leading up to that, even even with you know it not making sense to the story a, a, on a whole, I thought the performance there was great. Okay, you, that's it. You're allowed to think that. Absolutely. I, yeah. Well, I'm right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in 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 the grand scheme of quality, in in terms of things that I think are actually good about this movie. This next scene is probably the peak of it in terms of character interaction. And this mm. is where Dave is trying to get a radio working. It makes sense. They want yep. uh, to keep up on what the hell is going on outside. He finds a radio. He can't get it to work. And he demolishes the radio. Smashes
0: it to pieces. Like an idiot. It's a really yeah. dumb thing for him to do. And Tommy is all over it. He's just calling him a fucking idiot the whole time. I like the first thing he says, which is, time to switch to decaf,
1: dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, Tommy, who apparently, uh, even though it wasn't really hinted at before, is really good with electronics,
0: and he has the ability to fix it. And he starts to work on it. Well, I like his reasoning behind that, too. He's like, I've hotwired so many cars. I mean... Okay, I mean, it doesn't really translate, but sure, you know, you can fix a radio.
1: But, I mean, I think it's kind of neat because they have this combative relationship. Dave is frustrated, smashes the radio like a moron. He calls yeah. him on it, but then he's like, okay, I'm going to try to fix this. And he works on it for, like, a minute and then plugs it in. And he, they're twisting the dial to, to try to get broadcasts, broadcast. And they're getting snippets of broadcasts. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, one of the, they say when they pick up some music that, hey, it, it, this must not be happening everywhere if they're picking up music, which is a good interpretation of what's going on. Sure. Absolutely. But when they can't get a news report after just twisting the dial all around, Tommy smashes the shit out of the radio again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, this is, it's strange. I mean, I like, I like that moment because it seems like, you know, we can – you we can, we can help each other in this situation, uh, yeah. but then they just kind of fuck it all up.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was the uh, there was a the, uh, uh, a seed of some potential there that no, never really blooms into anything.
1: Uh, we're we're heading right. We're we're running headlong to the ending of the film now. Uh, yeah, it's almost done. And the first thing that that leads to that is that. Uh, they notice what appears to be a zombie climbing from the ceiling down to get them but it ends up being Tommy's girlfriend who we were introduced to at the beginning of the movie
0: i don't think she's I don't think she's tommy's girlfriend Is, i think she's just a chick from the gang oh i thought she was the one that kind of hit on tommy after the pushead thing it might that might
1: be the case, but I don't think that's his girlfriend. Well, I don't know, Mo. She's a friend. I'm just saying. She's I, a girl. I, I didn't. I, did, I just mean it in a fucking. You know, they, they, they bang probably. Occasionally, sure. fuck buddies. They're fuck buddies. To yeah. use the vernacular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she shows she shows up to even the score, I suppose. But she
0: she doesn't really serve a purpose. But she's there now, um, and they immediately start making fun of Dave's penis size. Yeah, uh, who wouldn't? Um, oh but that 's after this great line though hold on uh, let 's see oh well well, I mean of course, they have to play catch up for a second so so basically uh Tommy is explaining to her how you know um, and they have to explain to her that everybody's gone, right you know, and so he says
1: girls well, the going... I'm not, not really sad about
0: that, but he's gone and shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> In pure Tommy fashion. You know, it's like, well, you know, I mean, Pusshead's gone. I mean, I don't, re- I don't really care about that, but I mean, he's gone.
1: <laughs> we spend so much time with just these characters now that it's easy to forget that there's supposed to be anyone else still alive. Uh, yeah. But it, they do show us that, that Tony, the bartender, uh, the bar owner guy, uh, he's been sealing doors and sealing up the place the entire time while all this action is going on, I guess yeah. he didn't even notice the sound of that guy shooting himself because he's focused on sealing up the place. Um, but uh, but he gets grabbed and eaten by zombies.
0: I mean, almost immediately. He's like, "Hey, I'm just going to go finish eating up, you know, finish sealing up these doors," and, rah, and dead. So the two couples who
1: are all that are left now, they run off. They get into this place that's kind of full of old furniture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, they find an old uh, abandoned elevator.
0: Yeah, you know what? And we totally forgot to mention some some very important information uh, about this elevator shaft. Right. Is that maybe about 20 minutes earlier in the film, we see some pretty awesome shots of zombies climbing up the elevator shaft. Yeah. You know, so now we're with... Now we're with Tommy and Dave, and they're about to start climbing down the elevator shaft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, No, but that's the closest. I mean, that's the closest we get to a resolution of what happens to those guys. (sighs) I apologize to anyone listening that we're being kind of vague about
1: what's going on now. But we're literally talking about the last two or three minutes of the movie. So things do get a little iffy shit. at this point. Yeah. They're climbing into this elevator. It's They have to kind of travel across this kind of a ledge. And it's and high up. Course, and, of course, Tommy's. revealed that Tommy is afraid of heights.
0: Afraid of heights, yeah.
1: And so they start. He over, I guess he just decides to bite the bullet on it. And he walks across the ledge. Uh, and they're trying to. They climb never even down really show them. the they, elevator. Yeah, and then they just start showing some scenes of zombies. The one. Yeah, that, it cuts. It cuts to some scenes from to the outside. Yeah, it shows that gross zombie uh, eating a leg. Uh, it shows the that weird uh, baseball fury zombie uh, or or mime. Uh, you get the audio from Lucio Fulci's zombie, where the uh, the very end of that film, uh, and and then it's over.
0: Yeah. The end credits roll. It's a disappointing ending. It's it takes away from the film as a whole. It, it, it didn't. It doesn't need to be.
1: I guess now that I think about it, the way that that Lucio Fulci's zombie ends, where it's just a bunch of creatures sort of marching on New York City, if you think that it's all kind of it's all kind of synced up, that it's just supposed to mean that, you know, it's nihilistic. They go down that elevator shaft. They're just not going to make it, so it's over. But all it would have taken would be a shot of a bunch of zombies coming up the elevator shaft, and to show that they're doomed. And they could have just ended it, and it would have been fine.
0: It would have been perfect. Yeah, they yeah. could have. They could have cut out. They could have cut out all of the scenes of. Uh, um, yeah, all of the scenes uh, I mean, of. Of like, the outside, they could have cut out the leg-gnawing zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have never cut back to, to the mime, if you want to call them that. Um, you know, they could have left all of that out. You know, I mean, because really, we already knew from the sounds that were happening that the zombies had already gotten into the room that they were in. You know, that, that Dave and Tommy were in. We knew that already. You know, because we uh, well, not only from sounds, but we actually see a shot of the zombies come through the door and start and start up the stairs that they were. You know, and we and from earlier in the film, we had already seen zombies coming up that elevator shaft. So all, I mean, this is literally all Todd Sheets would have had to have done is shown one more shot of the of the zombies coming up the elevator shaft, and then cut back to them showing dread or terror or whatever.
1: The end. I mean, it would even have been okay if it showed the characters look into the elevator shaft, and what they saw staring at them was a suburban Sasquatch who immediately started ripping their limbs off and oh. pulling them apart oh. and, yeah, that's right, and using his supernatural Sasquatch powers. Uh, and that would have been a perfectly reasonable, if not enjoyable, ending to the film. It would have been great. Mm, but that's not what we get. The movie just kind of fizzles. Oh that said... The ending does not discount the quality of what came before, and if it sounded like we were ragging on it, we were ragging on it with a sense of pride
0: over the fact that so much of it actually does make sense oh, yeah yeah i mean it's really it's really just the last like five minutes of the movie that that kind of throw it off this course that we don 't really know what happens there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh you know a lot of things that that we as the audience have to infer from uh from from what we're seeing and it's just i mean really it could have all been solved with with one shot
1: yeah it really could have i mean it does seem to me like it's missing that shot of like a bomb being dropped on the city or something like yeah, that yeah yeah uh, that at least would have made some sense as well but yeah it just feels like there's something missing so it's hard not to get sort of a overwhelming feeling of uh of lack of resolution when you sure. watch it um Luckily, we get a closing credit sequence which satisfies me on a number of different levels.
0: Yeah, yeah, I took a lot of notes from the uh, from the credits. <laughs> I got you paying attention to the closing credits, Mo. Well, I mean, I always pay attention for. Well, I maybe maybe not when we watch the other two movies, but I generally pay attention to Todd Sheets' credits because he always almost always says something ridiculous. Well, he always
1: gives a certain someone a shout out in his closing <laughs> credits. Who would that be, Mo? Uh, schluby not schluby, well yes shlooby uh though though that's not who i was referring to <laughs> oh the big jc the big jc jesus christ himself
0: gets a big shout out at the end for uh, giving him the determination the talent and the willpower to make it all work yeah so from one zombie to another right i mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean he, the,
1: the the classic jesus zombie uh has has propelled tom 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 sheets <laughs> Tommy Sheets. <laughs> Tommy Sheets to, uh, Todd Sheets to make his uh, own zombie epic. That's so that's great. Oh, yeah. oh, one other thing, and I don't know if this made your notes, Mo, is that the closing credits reveal that the original title of this movie was not Zombie Rampage.
0: Yeah, it was called, oh, I didn't write it down, but it was like The Undead? It something. was The Undead. Very good. Yeah. Hey, look at me.
1: Yeah, so this movie was originally called The Undead, but switched to Zombie Rampage, which
0: I'll admit I I dig the name Zombie Rampage. I like Zombie Rampage better. Yeah, so it's better. Um, yeah. and, and there's some great there's some great character names too I, that I wrote down. Like I mean, we mentioned a couple of them already. Like uh, Pusshead, Hammer, Hammer Spike, Pusshead. There's a character apparently named Piggy. Um, the oft mentioned Um and there's another one whose character. Who I'm assuming this is one of the zombies, but uh, but.